0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Part Duh. We out here. Those stories in more in just oh, two minutes. Oh, man. Ugh. I'm, I'm going to keep it. It's I'm going to keep it. We've gone, we've gone too much. Donnie H made an appearance. For those of you who listen to the Monday episodes, you 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 recognize Donnie H.
1: What the fuck is wrong with you?
0: You know, it's it's just that this thing is like autoplay, and I don't know how to shut off autoplay. Like, just when the track ends, just how do you make it not play the next, the next track?
1: Tim, you're on the fritz, brother. You're on the fritz. To be honest, you should know that by now.
0: Yeah, but I'm usually just ill with the pause game. You know what I'm saying?
1: I'm ill with the pause game. <laughs> Stay with us. Oh, my God,
0: I did it again. I pressed the. <laughs> you I pressed fucking the, suck. I are not the, ill with the pause. I pressed the space bar by accident. All right, for those of you who are listening, by the way, this is part two. Goes to part one. Uh, there is two parts to this. Uh, it's it's only right. We have the two twins, the best twins in fantasy football. We give you twin episodes uh, every Thursday night uh, into Friday morning. So uh, obviously. Uh, twin episode number two. Go check out that number one because Art, because just like the twins. There is no better twin. It's just they, you just they, you just love them in different ways. This uh-huh. is the, my <laughs> okay. mom. Like my mom used to say, "You're all my favorite. You're all my favorite." Even though even though we all know that I was her favorite. I mean, duh. Um, <laughs> now nah, I think that she. I think she thinks. I think Johnny's her favorite.
1: <laughs> what do you guys think? I don't know, man. I don't want to have this conversation on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> um
0: Okay, so let's talk about the Fantasy Football by Broda app. Would you like to have that conversation? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the new one. Um, on this the app office. for free, by the way, you get fantasy player cards, which is basically player profilers except better, who to draft tool, start sit tool, usage tool. Player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every advanced stat you need, including the magic stats. True throw value, true target value, and of course, all that together into true performance value. These are legitimately magic. Um, with that being said, the reason why this is a free app and you get to dominate for free is is because of the wonderful pe- people over at patreon.com. We're at 79 patrons right now, so if you can find it in your heart to be the 80th, we would very much appreciate that and you would always be number 80 uh in the programs, but number we 1. We got to 80, baby. In our hearts. We made it to 80?
1: No, I'm kidding. I'm saying uh, Jason's going to Michael's Dick Vital. I can't be bro. Dick Vitale, though. I just got hey, mad hype. we hyped. got to 80, baby. That <laughs> <laughs> I just got mad hype. Bad. It doesn't sound like Dick Vitale. You're a better Dick Vitale. Let me be someone. I could be like. (laughs) I'm fucking coughing. I'm trying to do accents. Hold on. Hey, uh. Hold on. Hold on. I'm Christopher Walken. Oh, my God. That's not the worst. (laughs) Oh, there's this Christopher Walken. We got the 80.
0: Hey, it's the worst. The worst. So bad. (laughs) Michael is. Michael's is like a 30 percent out of 100 and he smashes yours smashes where's the fucking uh,
1: gabagoo (laughs) gabagoo. don't 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 take that video don't
0: take a a guaranteed laugh and try and get yourself out of this mess um speaking of getting ourselves out of this mess last we last last episode uh we took a little longer than expected so let's get right into these uh games the Bengals and the steelers in an afc north matchup Right now, it is questionable that Deontay Johnson would play. If I had to bet on it, I would say he will not play. Um, if he plays, you start him, but let's take a look at the situation if he doesn't play. I think Juju is someone who, in especially in PPR leagues, you're going to be very excited about playing. I think there's a chance Najee Harris gets more into the, into the pass game. But I think the big winner is Chase Claypool. I think that he's the other guy on the outside. Uh, James Washington is going to take... Deontay Johnson slot and that's just not who Deontay that's they're not the same guy so I think Chase Claypool will be that number one option on the outside he's already averaging uh eight targets a game he got eight I'm sorry he's he's he got eight targets last game um on pace for 119 targets this year if I told you Chase Claypool is going to get 119 targets you'd be all right with that I think Chase Claypool has a bump he's my favorite play in this game uh in terms of value how are you guys feeling about the Steelers
1: Chase, Claypool's always your favorite play in every Steelers game. You just love the fucking guy.
0: I do love the guy. I'm not going to lie. But this
1: week, I'll agree with you. If Deontay Johnson is out, Juju and Claypool basically become must-starts because they're going to see more work. Like, yeah, James Washington's going to see the field, but it's different. Right? Like, he's going to be the clear third option, and you're going to want to start. Juju's going to get the short targets that Deontay would have got. Claypool's going to get the long targets that Deontay would have got. Cause let's not forget Deontay Johnson leads his team in targets every fucking game, so I agree that they're both must starts if Deontay Johnson's out.
0: Um, Michael, I know your Juju love is is real. Uh, what about Najee Harris? How are you feeling about him in this game? He's been disappointing in the last two games, although he's been he got the touchdown and he's been involved in the passing game, so it has floated him. If you took Najee Harris early and you're panicking, is this the game where he kind of eases your thoughts and mind?
1: Yeah, it's been rough, man. Um, like, the dude, he hasn't been great, but it's also really indicative of how bad the offensive line has been. Um, he's getting hit early and often on um, one hand the ball. Which is not good. Uh, and I gotta what? say,
0: man, he th- like, watching him play, like, he's making some stupid decisions, too. I'm not saying he can't get rid of it, but no, uh, yeah. putting it all on he, the offensive line, I think, is a little bit of...
1: I'm saying it's a mix of both. Harris has not been great, and the offensive line has been very suspect, which just... Facts. ...has combined for, I mean, 26 rush attempts and 83 yards is disgusting, um, to be completely honest. And the Cincinnati Bengals don't seem like a strikingly good run defense, but they've held Dalvin Cook and David Montgomery to modest games thus far. Um, so I'm not super, I wouldn't be super excited about starting Najee Harris as an RB one. I'd trust him more as an RB high end RB two, um, going forward. Cause he still sees all the work, right? Like he's played over 95% of the snaps, each of the first two games, 100% the first game, even. So he's going to get a ton of work. It's just that offense is really sputtering right now. And, a big game will likely come at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this week against Cincinnati, though. I still think you have to play him if you drafted him, of course. And he does have some upside. Just We've seen that his floor could be uh, decently low as well if he's not able to um, find the end zone. Over on the other
0: side, unless you guys want to talk about somebody else in this matchup. Over on the other side, no. the Bengals. Here's another team. T. Higgins is going to miss time. Uh, well, we don't know if Higgins is going to be out for uh, sure. It's it's trending like he's not, at at the moment. If I had a bet, I'd say no. Both Deontay and T Higgins, I'd say no. But they both have a chance to play, so let me not act like I'm telling you for sure he's not going to play. Um. For the Bengals, this is a team again I don't want any part of either. Like the Steelers, are are a phenomenal defense. This Bengals O line is a problem yet again. Joe Burrow. Did not have a good game last game, and I expect that to continue. Um, I don't know, man. I'm not comfortable. Jamar Chase has been good, but he's caught two touchdowns. I don't know if you can count on him catching a long touchdown against the Steelers, although the Steelers have been susceptible. So I think if you have to play Jamar Chase, wide receiver three flex is what I'm expecting out of him. Tyler Boyd, unless you're in PPR, is not really worth a start. And Joe Mixon... 20 touches and, like, seven fantasy points last week. So even when he gets this ridiculous amount of work, he's not even guaranteed to be a decent player. So how many times are you going to go through this with Joe Mixon? Although where you drafted him, you're playing him. How do you feel about this Bengals offense? You guys feeling the same way I'm feeling?
1: I think you're uh, over-hyping the Pittsburgh Steelers' pass defense a little bit. Even last year when their defense was it's true seemingly elite, they were giving up big uh, wide receiver performances up, and they've allowed over 600 passing yards to Josh Allen and Derek Carr. Um, and TJ, I think TJ well.
0: Watt might still be out. I gotta, I gotta look that up.
1: Yeah, and if TJ Watt is out, that would be even obviously worse um, for That's a the Pittsburgh loss. Steelers. So, and if T Higgins is out, um, Jamar Chase, wow. I mean, he's already seeing a ton of snaps, most on the team. He's probably gonna play like 100% of snaps. So will Tyler Boyd. I think they're both. I think Jamar Chase, I'd have him as a wide receiver too if T. Higgins were to be out and Tyler Boyd a wide receiver three because even if the Steelers' defense does contain Joe Burrow a bit, um, they're going to have to find success through the air. And even last week when Joe Burrow was absolutely atrocious, Jamar Chase ended up with 50 yards and a touchdown and Tyler Boyd ended up with seven receptions and over 70 yards. So this is a team that if they're trailing, they are not afraid. And even if Burrow is playing bad, they're not afraid to just keep Letting him launch the damn ball downfield. So, I'm uh, a little off with you here on the Cincinnati Bengals pass
0: catchers. I think we're uh, gonna. That's gonna be a theme that that precedes the entire time. Just so, just so we have a little injury report here, because there are a couple of guys that were uh, questionable. Big Ben, he had a pec injury, limited in practice today. Joe Hayden was a full go. T.J. Watt was limited in practice, so he could play. He could play. Deontay Johnson. Did not practice. So, Deontay Johnson trending down, TJ Watt trending up. Jason, what were you going to say?
1: Jason? I was just going to know. Yep, I was muted. Shut up. <laughs> All right? I don't need your mockery. That Joe Burrow has already been sacked nine times, and the Bengals also have the 25th-ranked offensive line for run blocking, according to PFF. So, it's been ugly. Um, And... Even if there's a few guys injured for Pittsburgh, it's still not a great matchup. That's that's all I wanted to add. The offensive line has not improved at all. All right, let's go on to the next matchup
0: here. Then it is a matchup I want to talk about: the Ravens at the Lions. Um, what are you guys thinking of, White Waller?
1: Oh my God! What about Ca- what about Cal-
0: what about California Kelsey?
1: <sighs> Tib, you pissed me off. Why California?
0: Because he the has. Dude like,
1: went to Iowa and he plays
0: for Detroit. Because he has long, flowing golden locks. He looks like a California dude.
1: Why not like? You realize Kittle? I mean, oh, he should be like, like Kelsey. Cornhusker Say. Kelsey or something. Iowa is known for corn husking, right? Or am right. I fucking? Corn, oh, it's in the corn Kesky. But I think why Iowa the fuck has a lot do we have to, to give Hawkinson a name that has to do with Waller or Kelsey? Because you know Tim. Every time he loves one player, he just doesn't ever want to stop talking about that damn one player.
0: We are – what do you mean we've been talking with, with, uh, not about him and now it's his team's turn? You brought
1: up TJ Hawkinson unwarranted for absolutely no reason <laughs> in the last episode. I forget the context as to why, but you did. And I just thought to myself, of course he just brought up TJ Hawkinson for no reason at all. I, mean, I, I When you love a man, the, you,
0: you shout it from the rooftops.
1: Are you not a little scared that maybe TJ Hawkinson's best two games – are behind. Not them. at all. No, I think that it's only up from here.
0: That I look. I mentioned this before. When I made this tier, everyone was talking about the big three. I was talking about the big four. What I, I put in my preseason rankings, T.J. Hawkinson is in the same tier as George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Travis Kelsey, and I, I. I feel like that's gonna be the. I feel like that's how it's gonna be. Now the Ravens have played the, the, Kansas City Chiefs already. So take this with a grain of salt, but they've given up the second most. Points To tight ends uh, in the league They are the ninth worst uh, Team against tight ends In DVOA which adjusts for the fact That they're playing a guy on the level of Travis Kelsey um, He's the number one target On a team that's going to pass a lot DeAndre Swift has the most Targets of any running back And Jamal Williams You know had a bad game Michael predicted his exact game which is pretty funny But yeah, he always the, uh, review episode. Yeah he always has a chance And If you go across this Ravens personnel, man, this is a diluted Ravens bunch. The Ravens, they still have the same coaching. They still have the same, you know, energy. They still have the same reputation. But this is not as talented a defense as the Ravens have ever ever had. And I think we're going to find a lot of situations this year where the Ravens, as they already have been doing, are playing a lot of games where they're going to have to score a lot because their defense is going to give up Scoring, they're going to give up touchdowns because the personnel is just not there right now. If you look around the horn for the Ravens, like you got names that you don't recognize at all. Right now, the Ravens have eight players that are graded a 63 or lower on PFF. And besides Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, it's guys you never heard of. It's really, it's, it's really guys you never heard of, especially with um, their corners going down. This team is missing the star power they used to have. So I think, especially early in the season, people might be fading because of the reputation of the Ravens rather than who the Ravens are right at this moment. So I think I'm playing all three of those uh, Ravens players. Jamal Williams is someone that is obviously flex. You have to to decide. Quintus Cephas got 20% of the targets last week, so he's someone that's interesting as well. How are you guys feeling about this Lions offense in general? I, I, you play Swift, you play Hawkinson, but what about
1: the other guys? So the thing is, the Lions are gonna pass a lot. Jared Goff is tied for the most attempts in the league. They're gonna have they have a bad defense, so you know that they're gonna have to throw the ball. And dude, Jared Goff has targeted the running backs twenty eight times through two weeks. The next closest team is the Falcons with 22 targets to Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson. And this week, then bite your knees off. Campbell said that he wants to get DeAndre Swift more involved in the passing game, which would be lovely. So you, it's great news to hear for DeAndre Swift. You're just firing up TJ Hawkinson, of course. And then when it comes to uh, Quintez Cephas has emerged as the clear number one option for Jared Goff. The issue is that Jared Goff's average depth of target is 6.7 right now because he's either throwing at DeAndre, to DeAndre Swift or TJ Hawkinson. So I'm probably not going to take the shot on Quintez Cephas against Baltimore after a couple good games. But I do think Cephas is a speculative add for your team to see if he remains the number one option for Goff. Because Goff is a Capable, if not spectac- unspectacular quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I,
0: I I wrote this on Twitter the other day, and G- Jared Goff was so overrated that when he didn't meet his overrated-ass expectations, he somehow became underrated because everyone thought he sucked. But really, he's always been a middle-of-the-pack guy that can support some fantasy players. Um, on the other end of the spectrum... The Lions are the best matchup there is. Uh, the Lions suck, uh, particularly on defense. They lost their two best corners. Hollywood Brown is coming off two great games. i Hollywood Brown is like my my shady start of the week. Like he's like a guy that is like on the fence, like you don't know where to start. He's my guy. Like I think that
1: he can end as a as a wide receiver one very easily. Ah. What? Hollywood Brown oh. leads the league with five targets in the end zone. Hollywood Brown is a must-start player at this point. Ten straight nice. games. Nice. I thought you were of, yelling
0: at me that I was stupid. I was like, what are you talking no,
1: about? Like, are we watching the same games? At least at least 80 yards or a touchdown in ten straight games dating back to last season. Hollywood Brown is someone I wish I was more on during the offseason. Um, I don't have too many shares I have of him. S- I have so much Hollywood. Yeah, he just continues to do his thing. Um, you have to play Hollywood Brown in this matchup. Honestly, you have to like 10 targets last week. Sammy Watkins saw seven. Mark Andrews saw five. I even think Sammy Watkins has some flex appeal, played 92% of snaps, led the team. Uh, Hollywood Brown played 72, for example, if you want to compare the two guys. But Mark Andrews, man, he cannot be third in the pecking order of snaps. He just can't. I mean, of targets. And, like, he can't be getting out-targeted in the red zone by Hollywood Brown. Like, if I'm a Mark Andrews manager, I'd be highly concerned with the start to this season. This is a get right game against Detroit. Robert Tunney just scored um, a touchdown on them as DJ Moore apparently limps off the field. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, my God. Are you it. fucking kidding me? Yeah. Uh just got an alert. I got an alert. But um,
0: yeah, so it's like. um. Damn, Jason lost CMC and DJ Moore on the same Thursday night.
1: Mark Andrews, if you drafted him, you're starting him, obviously, in this matchup against Detroit. It's a glorious matchup. But man, I just. He better pick it up because third in the target pecking order in a low-volume passing offense is not where you want to be.
0: Jason, are you okay, man? No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's hardcore. Connor <laughs> Brown <laughs> is
1: COVID. Deontay Johnson might not play. CMC's already out. DJ Moore just limped off. Jason, this is what you get for selling your soul. At least you're su- off to a 2-0 and start. Jason, this is what, what you fuck? get for
0: selling your soul to the devil for I'm one in, of those fantasy championships. Th- don't say that.
1: In our home <laughs> league, I'm in first. Jason's in second two of only three undefeated, remaining undefeated teams. Damn, DJ Moore, eight catches 126 yards. Back to there. the Ravens. Back to the Ravens. Um, the running game, tremendous matchup against Detroit. Even though Detroit has held teams to less than four yards per attempt rushing, they've just been getting ran on a lot um, because teams are beating them. And Aaron Jones did have three receiving touchdowns. Um, but, like, the rushing game for Jack, for, excuse me, for the Ravens, Tyson Williams played forty nine percent of snaps last week. Latavius Murray moved up a little bit from thirty one percent to thirty six percent. He's second Devontae in yards per Freeman touch. Started to mix in a little. Sorry, bit.
0: he's second in yards per touch. I don't know about the. Uh, I don't know about that. F- like mix in. Freeman. Freeman had the one big run, where if you watch that run, I'm
1: saying. But he he did steal you, some work. Like he had two carries. No, no Ravens running back played more than fifty. Played even up to 50% of the snaps last week, which is not ideal. And Tyson Williams here against Detroit is the only one I'd consider starting as a flex play, but you cannot trust him as anything more than a flex until he starts getting more work.
0: I disagree with that completely. Um, Lamar Jackson is probably QB1 this week. I, I'm not going to put him as QB1. What do you disagree with I dis- about I, Tyson Williams? I think that Tyson Williams is a great play this week, and I think Latavius Murray can be played. Do you want to make some sort of bet on this? That Latavius Murray and Tyson Williams both finish in the top 36? Yeah, I'm in. All right, let's do that. All Write right. that down. No okay. doubt about it, I'm going to win this one. So we need to the, bet Lions. More. the Lions literally are the worst run defense for the last two years, maybe in the history of football. Like, they are horrible. So line me up. I think there's probably going to be – I mean, Lamar Jackson, too, is going to run a lot. you want to bet Lamar Jackson over 100 yards rushing? No, I think Lamar Jackson's going to go in. All right. Well, at least we agree on that. Um, anyone else in this rave? Do you, Any reason to talk about Sammy Watkins? He has been okay. He's been
1: decent. Kind of. I mean, I already touched on Sammy Watkins. I think he's a decent flex play. If you're playing 90-plus percent of snaps in a great matchup, you got to be considered a little bit second in targets on the team thus far as well. Um, you're using the wrong D word. He's not a decent flex play. He's a desperate flux player. Facts.
0: Um, let's go over to the next game. Speaking of desperate, the Jets at the Broncos. I'm going to make this very quick for you. The Jets don't play any of them. Like I, I'm not playing Corey Davis. I'm not playing Ty Johnson. Michael Carter, there is something to be said about the fact that Michael Carter saw way more usage um, in the last game. I'm going to take up get up his usage stats right now. But he made a significant jump um, in... In snaps, He played in 45% of the snaps. That tied him with Ty Johnson for the most. Tevin Coleman only had seven total snaps. That's 10% of the snaps. Michael Carter was targeted on 9.1% of the targets on the team. No one else was targeted, and he had 11 carries to Ty Johnson's 12. And he was much more productive with said carries. So I think Michael Carter is someone to look out for, but I'm not playing him in this matchup against a very good uh, defensive front For the Broncos, although they did just lose Bradley Chubb again, which is a bummer for them.
1: Um, No Jets. None. Sorry. No Jets. I mean, I'm not completely off good old Corey Davis. I know he's coming off a really bad game, but let's not forget that he had a tremendous game just the week before. And um, so I'm not completely off Corey Davis, who should continue to be the number one option for... Zach Wilson, Um, not a great matchup against the Denver secondary, but I don't know if he's going to have back-to-back atrocious performances. Corey Davis is someone I was high on coming into the season, so I'm not just going to give up on him after a bad game against a historically great coach. I'm down with Corey Davis, too. I'm not. Like, it's a tough matchup, but he'll still get get number one targets.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not interested. On the other side, I think people are way too interested in the, in the Broncos. I think that the Jets are not nearly as bad of a play as you may think. Uh, they did a pretty good job against Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey did his thing against the Jets, but they kept him out of the end zone. Um, kept the Panthers, you know, who have now been a pretty good offense, like at least a decent offense uh, for the most part in at least two-plus games. They held them down, and then last week, they had to face four turnovers, a couple of them in their own territory. It's hard for any defense to to cover that. Now, they are susceptible to the big play, so I think my favorite play here is Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton's going to get peppered, and I have no reason to believe that Cortland Sutton won't play very well. Noah Fant is another one that I really love. But I'm not really playing KJ Hamler. I'm not excited about playing Tim Patrick. Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, I'm really I'm really interested to see what goes on because last week it was Melvin Gordon and Javante splitting carries, but Melvin Gordon had the big run. The week that just passed, it was exactly 50-50 uh carries, and it was Javante Williams, who outperformed Melvin Gordon on a per touch basis. Well,
1: the uh, the 50 uh, the 50 carries was week one. Week two, Melgo had 59% of the snaps, so Javante's 41. But 50 50 carries, though, not snaps. Okay. Okay.
0: So still an equal distribution. Brandon Cooks, man. Brandon Cooks continues to burn me. I got to stop doubting this guy. Um,. What do you what do you think here? I, I, I think this could be a little bit of a Javante coming out party, but that's his gut telling me that.
1: Javante has been very good. It's it's been a little bit under the radar because he doesn't have super stats. He hasn't had any big plays. Melvin Gordon still very much involved, but the Javante Williams is second in the entire NFL, only behind Nick Chubb, in forced missed tackles per carry. He's elusive, and he's running elusively. So I think you're right in that the Jets' defense is a little underrated. But the Broncos could come out and take an early lead and run the ball. Or even if they don't, just, they'll just be an offense that runs the ball. So I, I like Javante Williams this week. I think he's a decent RB3 flex play. two. If I mean, if you draft him as your RB2 and you don't have a good backup, I think it's a good week to have him uh
0: michael uh anything to add
1: um i'm i'm also starting cortland sutton like you mentioned with uh happily um with confidence after that ginormously great um second week from him proving that he looks like cortland sutton again so definitely starting him and Tim patrick just he keeps somehow ending up as a wide receiver three man so if you want to stick him in your flex i i won't blame you i i just K.J. Hamler did jump up to 71% snap share last week, but still was out-targeted by Tim Patrick again. Uh, K.J. Hamler is more of a dart throw, hope for a big play type of guy, but definitely starting Sutton as a wide receiver, too. I think Patrick makes sense as a flex play, and Hamler in deeper leagues. And definitely, like you said, Noah Fant, who is um, getting a bunch of targets as well and seems like a key cog in that offense, rightfully so. He's a very good player.
0: It sucks that Albert O. keeps getting... All this work. I wish I would go to fans. He would be a superstar. He would really be a. He would be on the. Uh, he would be yeah. number five on the top on the big five tight ends, if he got all the work.
1: Um, yeah, I feel like right now, Alberto is like. Alberto, remember remember the year before Darren Waller's breakout. When Foster Moreau was just like yeah, the tight end vulture, yeah. I feel like it's similar here, like the Fant and Alberto. Let's let's hope not. Um,
0: Next game, Dolphins at the Raiders. Another simple one for you. Don't play any Dolphins. Jacoby Brissett.
1: I want to make one note real quick. Elijah Moore. If he's been dropped in your league, pick him up. The guy's talented. He saw a lot of targets last week. He has five deep targets this year, even though they haven't connected on any. That's all. You can go back to played about more percent. snaps than any other receiver last week.
0: Huh. That is interesting. <laughs> um, But let's go to those Dolphins games. Also, just real quick, I'm uh, sorry, yeah, but yeah.
1: go add, go add Jamison Crowder for free because Bra- Braxton Berrios leads the Jets in targets despite playing less than 50% of snaps in each game with 18. And that's going to be Jamison Crowder once he returns, and he, people are going to remember that he's not a scrub.
0: Now, are you ready to go to the next game? Now I'm ready. All right. The Dolphins at the Raiders. Uh, Don't play any Dolphins. Uh, Will Fuller is returning, but Jacoby Brissett is his quarterback. Jalen Waddell has been good, but Jacoby Brissett is his quarterback. Uh, Miles Gaskin is the Adam Trauman rule. I think it should be the Miles Gaskin rule, in my opinion. His opportunity, quote unquote, and people weren't talking about his talent. Um, He's sucked. Uh, I think he's going to continue to suck especially with that offensive line. Uh, one of our writers, Taron Caravella, he shared information about the offensive line for the, um, for the dolphins. And it is a train wreck. Uh, I think there's like three of them are ranked like 40 or below. Like it's an absolute train wreck. So that's going to be a big deal. So no dolphins for me. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. It's going to be tr- uh, tough to trust either of those guys. Um, any of those guys. I mean, Miles Gaskin. Look, it's not like the Las Vegas Raiders have a shutdown run defense, though. Like, and he's going to get targets. He has five targets each of the first two games. Like, he's at least a low end RB2 flex play. So, to just say sit Miles Gaskin, I think is a little much. No. Nah, and I, I wouldn't. And if I have Will Fuller or Jalen Waddle or Devonte Parker, maybe a flex play isn't the worst idea because the Las Vegas pass defense, their secondary also isn't. Uh, super scary and one of these guys I know Jacoby Brissett kind of stinks but he's had some decent fantasy outputs in the past and I don't know I wouldn't just completely avoid this team unless if you have better alternatives then yeah but like if you have to start Will Fuller or I don't know or like Nicole Hardman I'm starting Will Fuller the Dolphins have put up 17 points and 475 yards in two games, gross fading them's probably not the worst thing. Let's go over to the
0: Raiders, who not have the su-
1: best defense, but still.
0: Let's go over to the Raiders, gross. who have surprisingly been one of the better, one of the better teams in the league. Brian Edwards should have had a good second game. He didn't catch a touchdown; it was taken away from him, but he scored the touchdown before it was taken away. Um, he should have had a better game. Henry Ruggs did have a good game, finally caught one of the deep bombs. But as I said before, when you're talking about Xavier Howard and Brian Jones, these are these are two Byron Jones, excuse me, not Brian Jones, <laughs> Michael Jason, Brian Jones. You know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you have these two guys on the outside, it's going to make things difficult for the Raiders outside guys, which means. Hunter Renfro, who got targeted like crazy last game, is probably someone who you're going to think about playing in a PPR. And Josh Jacobs um, slash Kenyon Drake. Sucks that Kenyon Drake didn't see the amount of work that you thought he was going to see last week with Jacobs out. Jacobs looks like he's going to play this week.
1: Oh, well, that's, that's to be determined.
0: So far, it looks like he's going to play.
1: Uh, Drake did see seventy one percent of snaps though last week, even though Peyton Barber got more rushes. Peyton Barber got ten carries. Like you can't, like you that can't happen. More, it's very, very stupid. Yeah, but Kenny and Drake is clearly a pass has a pass catching role, so he's a he's a flex play. I think um, if Jacobs is out, then he moves into RB two territory.
0: I'm staying away from these wide receivers, and I'm playing. Um, oh, Darnold just missed. I agree. I'm DJ. staying
1: away. Um, we mentioned earlier in one of our, I think in the first pod, that Xavier Howard and Byron Jones is arguably the best defensive back duo in the NFL. So Derek Carr has been lighting shit up, but it's it's not always to his receivers. It's to Darren Waller and Kenny and, And then when it comes to receivers, he spreads it out among, like, four different people. So... You can like Der- the the Raiders are one of those teams where you can like the quarterback, but not his wide receivers. <laughs> you can't say that about, about a lot of teams. Um, so that's probably how this game is gonna go. Although I'm still not hold on. You guys running our to QB one this week, Derek Carr.
0: Derek Carr is a QB
1: one this week. Um, if you have to stream him, no. If you have to stream him, I don't hate it. He uh. I mean, he's been absolutely dominant in two very difficult matchups to start the year. So, yeah, I'm okay streaming him if you need to.
0: I think it's going to be a blow off from the start. I think that the Dolphins are not going to score on the Raiders' defense. And I think that it, this could be a run-the-clock-out game very early where the opportunity just isn't there. So that's why I'm, I'm not feeling well, caught. You
1: just absolutely cannot stand Miami this week, huh?
0: <laughs> no, they, I mean, I mean, they like their defense, but you know, Jacob Weaver said, bro, it's like it, enough said. Um, Let's go on to our next game, a primetime one. Well, yes, Sunday night. This is a good Sunday night game. Buccaneers You're at the Rams.
1: Sunday night. Yeah, this, this is,
0: is not Sunday night, bro. That's not the Sunday night game? Oh, like, shit. No, it's not. We have not. like six games left. Damn, it Fuck should be Sunday the Sunday night. night game, though. It should be. Um, uh, This You're is our, back? we have one, two, three, four games left. Yeah, sorry. Um, anyway, a four o'clock game Buccaneers at the Rams. The Bucs have been susceptible through the air this year. Their defense has been stout against the run, but they've been susceptible through the air. The tight end is actually getting 10 attempts per game against the Bucs. According to football outsiders, this could be a Higby bounce back game. Um, I think Cooper cup, he's going to be, he's going to be ranked as a wide receiver one for the rest of the year. I'm not scared off by any of the, um, secondary options, for the Buccaneers, so I love Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson is a sneaky play if he catches something long. Robert Woods, I'm not sure about anymore. I I don't, if I...
1: What do you mean? Oh my goodness. I'm just not sure about him,
0: bro. He's not part of the offense right now. If he gets there, I'll be more sure. Go ahead, tell me all about Robert Woods. Go
1: ahead. People are just bugging out too much about Robert Woods, man, as if he's been a piece of shit or something. Like, he hasn't been great, but he's played 77 and then 98 percent of snaps like Robert doing what Robert Woods does clearly he's in the Pack corner to cup at this time not ideal but I mean it's not like Robert Woods has been the worst player in the league like people are trying to treat him as he's he's been decent like he has double-digit fantasy points each of the first two weeks barely double-digit but they're double-digit so like he has and it's not like he's gonna score zero touchdowns on the year he'll get more involved it's he's not going to be like a complete bust so against tampa bay in a potential shootout yeah i'm gonna play robert woods maybe not as a top 20 wide receiver that we wanted him to be but as a low-end wide receiver two high-end wide receiver three absolutely and then cooper cup i have as my uh fifth wide receiver this week
0: yeah i mean why that that sounds good to me on the cooper cup side jason how you feeling about this how you feeling about this passing game what about tyler higby
1: Oh, Tyler Higby, Tyler, 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 Tuna, 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 <laughs> I'd like to team him do something. Like at some point being on a field is cool and all and running routes is cool and all, but you have to do something. Oh my goodness. Trouble Hubbard just dropped a touchdown. Yeah, on the team, oh, so you would have caught God, so easily. So like, I'm not giving up on Higby yet. I'm not going to drop him. I'm, I'm probably still going to insert him into my lineup unless I have a better option because it should be a high-volume passing game. So I'm going to give Higby another shot and hope for the best because someone who's on the field a lot in a high-scoring game should get a lot of targets and should be productive. Um, Especially if Daryl Henderson is out. I was going to say that. So Daryl Henderson... Looks like
0: he's on track to play, but it's up in the air right now. So with Daryl Henderson possibly playing, it's the, the offense is gonna look a little different because Sony Michelle, who was efficient in his time on the field last game, is a downgrade from Daryl Henderson. Do you like either of these running backs in this matchup against the Buccaneers run defense that has been absolutely tremendous?
1: I mean, why I would have liked well. Why I would have preferred 100% and would have liked Daryl Henderson as opposed to Tony Michelle is that Daryl Henderson's actually capable of catching a ball. He had five targets last week, and went three for 29. Like the guy could actually use his hands, and Tony Michelle can't, and we know that. So, like running back for the Rams seems, it seems intriguing, but against Tampa Bay, a guy who can't catch a ball if his life depended on it it's it's tough to trust sony michelle if daryl henderson's out i i think he's more of a flex play than rb2 i don't think he just slots in for henderson yeah tampa bay and new orleans have basically been the premier run stopping teams over the last several seasons and it's carried over into this season so if it's if it's daryl henderson i still like him as an rb2 just for volume reasons and target reasons but i am with jason uh sony michelle more as like a I think a flex play really, even if Darrell Henderson is out, because he's gonna need he's gonna be a little touchdown dependent and need to find the room on the ground rushing.
0: Sam Darnold, two rushing touchdowns. QB number 13 on your boys' big board. Ayo. Um 13th overall, by the way, ranker last week. Holler at your boy. Um, let's move on to the second game. What do you guys say? Unless Ayo. we didn't talk about the Buccaneers yet. I'm bugging. Uh let's go over to the Buccaneers. Um, interesting. First of all. So let's start with the running backs. I don't yeah, know before we- who needs. To, sorry, real quick. I don't know who he, who needs to hear this, but Leonard Fournette is the starting running back for the Tampa Bay
1: Buccaneers. I don't know. I don't know if you are surprised by yeah, this. But then, uh, I know. I agree. But then Rojo played forty one percent of snaps last week. The Fournette's forty nine, and it was a more. He saw three targets. Fournette uh, more rushing work. Fournette also saw four targets. Again, Joe Bernard is a joke. Like, people still hang on to Joe Bernard. It blows my mind. Like I said on last week's pod, if you still roster him, I'm sorry, but it's, it's a dumb thing to do, and it that remains. But, yeah, if you have to choose a running back, it's Fournette. I don't see how you could possibly start Rojo. Um, I know this is a Rams defense that likes to allow teams to run on them more than they do um, allowing teams through the air. But, yeah, Fournette is the only – like, I'd put him in my flex But like, this – the run. This backfield has been as blurry as expected. Who does Jalen Ramsey guard in this game?
0: Mike Evans. You think? I believe. Yeah. You don't think he moves around a little bit? Maybe he goes to some Chris Godwin, maybe gets some Antonio Brown. If, if Antonio Brown plays right now, if you don't know Antonio Brown on the, on the COVID list, but this is a 100% vaccinated team. So there's that. Um,
1: what do you guys think? Well, here's the only thing I know about the Bucks' offense. They're going to score 30 points or more. You know how many times they've done that in a row? Ten. Nine. I think it's ten or eleven. Oof. Nine straight games of 30 or more points. Guess I think what it set closest... a record, right? Guess what the closest streak is? Six. Eight. Two. Whoa! Wait, no what other do team, What do you mean? No other team has
0: scored three straight thirty-point games ever.
1: Offensive points. Are you serious? Not ever, guys. I'm talking about currently in the NFL. Wow, oh, you're mad annoying. No, yeah, I'm obviously. Okay, geez, okay. you <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> like in the history. You guys of the NFL, are fucking I'm annoying. Like... Why would I be talking about real life? Because like, I'm the literally asking. Of the NFL. Yeah, Bart Starr. I'm talking about right now. I literally said. Isn't it like close to an all-time record? And then you said, two. and you expect us to not be thinking all-time? You idiot! Y'all is annoying. I know, fuck. Michael.
0: I'm on your side in in like the what actually happened, but you're that was a weak argument. I'm on Jason's side now.
1: What are you talking about? I literally <laughs> right, so brought no, up all time. I'm Jason. Nope. I'm,
0: on, I'm on Jason's side now.
1: Antonio Brown needs to pass two COVID tests. Weirdos. That's right, twenty-four hours apart. So we'll probably find out tomorrow if he passes that first one. That's I don't know. If we'll,
0: I don't know if we'll find out if he passes the first one. I think it'll just be like he passed two of them. No.
1: But this is a game where you want to start the pass catchers. That's true. Honestly, there's even intrigue if Brown leaves the game with Scotty Miller and John, Tyler Johnson and shit. I agree. But just knowing which one of those guys to play is very difficult. What about Gronk? And whether they'll get the work is difficult. Oh, Gron- you're firing up Gronk easily.
0: Oh yeah. Did you think are do are you buying into Gronk long term?
1: I dude, I said this when I did my first offseason rankings, I had Gronk as my tight end six. And I was like, what the fuck? Everyone else has him at like twenty. What the fuck's happening? So I talked myself into moving him down not to twenty, but to like twelve. And the moral of the story, I I'm buying it. Yeah, it's it's Tom Brady and Gronk. They just throw and catch touchdowns. It's what they do. Since
0: week three of last year, Gronk is the tight end four. About a boopy. Um Tom Brady, you obviously play, even though it's against the Rams. You you play him. You can't sit him at this point. No way.
1: Yeah, Tom Brady after a few rough games to open last season, getting acclimated in the offense has just been legitimately peak best of all time level Tom Brady. So yeah. you're playing him. Yeah. Um,
0: Let's go to our next game. The Seahawks at the Vikings. This one should be a doozy. The Vikings are dead last against the number one receiver in DVOA. Uh, hello, DK Metcalf. Patrick Peterson is a coverage grade of 50 on PFF but you don't need to see his PFF grade to know he's been getting smoked. Like you could tell him, you could tell he's been getting smoked. Um, so he's been getting like the receivers have been smoking. So, like the Vikings cannot hold a receiver. Um, they it also st- extends to the running back, the pass issues. They're 27th in DVOA against the pass catching running back. Now Chris Carson only has three catches this season, but he was 18th in receptions last year, so this could be a sneaky threat. Um I love myself some Seattle Seahawks offense this week. I'm usually not a Tyler Lockett guy, but I think Tyler Lockett has great potential. I'm all over DK Metcalf this week. Russell Wilson will be the beneficiary that's throwing to both these guys. And Chris Carson, I think, is a great play. Do you disagree? We got ourselves some big with Chris Carson,
1: I think. is What the fuck is up with Travis Homer? Travis Homer was essentially the third down back last week. I don't want to look too far into it because we've talked about Chris Carson's underrated pass catching back, how he's been used in the past passing game recently. So I'm not going to look too far into it, but I, I want to keep an eye on what Travis Homer's role is because that came out of nowhere.
0: That did come out of nowhere. It's interesting, Travis Homer, because you you, you expected it to be Alex Collins, and Alex Collins got a couple of carries, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, so,
1: Chris fucking Carson. Say again? You expected it to be Chris Carson.
0: Right, exactly. So, eh, you're right. Something to keep an eye on. Let's go to the other side. The Vikings, just as opportune. Let me, uh, uh, before it, we
1: move on, Tim. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, Gerald Sorry, Everett, man. I know he had a bad game and right. only saw two targets, but his snap count went from 72 to 70, and Will Disley's fell from 70 to 48, and Disley did not see a target. So Everett was more involved than ever. Um, so he's still on the tight end one radar, even though he had a very rough week too.
0: I'm having a hard time uh, with Gerald Everett. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that guy. Um, the Seahawks invite I mean, it's
1: just the tight end, back end, tight end one radar has basically anyone's name on it at this point. Right. Who uh, who's on the field for more than like 50% of snaps? And Gerald Everett falls into that category and has a high true throw value quarterback on his squad.
0: Um The Seahawks and the Vikings are very similar in the sense that neither of these defenses can guard the pass. So you mentioned Justin Jefferson has the, uh, the second most long passes thrown to him without catching one this season. That's got to change one of these times. Um Adam Thielen... A lot of people are talking about Adam Thielen. Oh, you faded Adam Thielen because cause you said he was TD dependent. Ha! Huh? I mean, I don't know to tell you he's 28th in the league in points per opportunity, excluding tight end, uh, excluding touchdowns. With the third highest catch rate in the league, he's only dro- He's only not caught three of his targets. And that's a big time like cheat code on how to be really good at points per opportunity, uh, excluding tight ends, is to catch the ball a lot because then. You have less zeros.
1: Oh my God! Touchdowns, Tim! Stop saying excluding tight ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> excluding TDs uh, is what I meant to say. But um, yeah, like, where 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 am I? Who am I talking to? You, who am I talking? To? Oh, Adam Thielen. Yeah, I think he's a sell high candidate. He's not going to score three touchdowns per every two games. I think Justin Jefferson might do some damage in this game. But with that being said. I think Adam Thielen will find the end zone in this game because the Seahawks suck. I think that Justin Jefferson will have a nice game. K.J. Osborne, I'm not chasing that. His entire production came from one broken play last game, so I'm not chasing any K.J. Osborne. And Dalvin Cook is a must-start. Uh, Kirk and, Cousins.
1: And what? I'm giving K.J. Osborne some uh, flex love here. Well, I was about to he ask you, like, how to you feel. His snaps were only 59% last week compared to 81 the week prior, but it was also a game where um, they were able to run more and uh, they held a lead and things of that sort. So it wasn't like they, uh, they needed to come out of three wide sets the entire game. Um, I mean, excuse me. No, I'm bugging out. They played Arizona last week, um, so they did. But KJ Osborne played less, but he still saw six targets. And we were discussing how maybe he's the third guy in the pecking order now with the tight ends with Irv Smith out. And he did see more targets than Tyler Conklin. And it's another shootout potential type game. And it's a true value Prince at quarterback and Kirk Cousins. So I think AJ Osborne has some flex appeal. And Dalvin Cook, I mean, Dalvin
0: Cook is Dalvin Cook. Uh, you're starting Dalvin Cook.
1: If he plays. You're starting. I think he's missed, I think he's missed both days of practice. Sorry, I just got a yawn there, and you guys didn't want to hop in for me. Usually that's me where Michael hops in. We're, we're, off, we're off tonight. I mean, nah, Jason legitimately just kept talking through the yawn. What do you want me to do?
0: He definitely didn't, though.
1: But he, you definitely you definitely start Alexander Madison if Dalvin Cook is out. One of the founding fathers. <laughs> Alexander Madison.
0: Alexander Madison. Been one, waiting
1: in the wings for
0: you. One thing for sure is he's not throwing away his shot. Dalvin Cook is out of the game. He's young, scrappy, and hungry, and he's not throwing away his shot. Um, it's Madison's time to play. <laughs> all right, you guys ready to go to the Sunday night game? It's Sunday night football
1: on football MSG. On MSG. <sighs> Mellow and the Knicks are the best on TV. Hey <laughs> Rod and Jimmy G.
0: You know how I'm down with duh, duh, <laughs> duh. I'm never gonna be down with Our that. Day. Never. Um, Packers at 49ers. Packers, the tale of two teams. I don't know if you guys heard this, but Aaron Jones had uh, his father's ashes around his neck. Lost it in the end zone, but they his father's ashes ashes have been recovered and found. Um, so. Holla. That's definitely um that's definitely good for him and his family. Uh, another thing that's good if for you him haven't and his watched, family. Uh,
1: go ahead. Aaron Jones's if you haven't watched Aaron Jones' post game interview, do it. I don't know how you watch that and don't think this guy is awesome.
0: Um I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. Uh let's talk about him being awesome. The forty ers have been awesome against the run. Uh the Packers coming off a big win. What's your outlook on Aaron Jones this week? Because Aaron Jones, I feel like he can finish as the RB1 again or he can finish as the outside of a RB2 overall. Um, or RB2, I'm sorry. Because this so? San Francisco defense is so good, and if and if the Packers, whose rush defense in particular sucks, and you have a team that's led by Kyle Shanahan in a rushing offense, although we don't know who the running back's going to be. We'll get to that in a second. If they fall behind, then it's going to be the Aaron Rodgers show and maybe Aaron Jones isn't as involved. Which means he...
1: Aaron Jones will catch passes. You're bugging, man.
0: Aaron Jones has his games where he's not, games where Aaron he's not involved. Aaron
1: Jones the most disrespected fucking stud ever. Uh-huh. Aaron Jones and did okay. not have a single game last year outside the top 30 running backs. He was inconsistent a few years ago and he had a rough week one against New Orleans, but he's the inconsistencies are overblown you start aaron jones that's a wild every single week period that,
0: that's a wild thing to say outside the top 30 running backs yeah i would hope not
1: 30 is that a joke 30, 30. Is, yeah bro that's rb2s and a flex 30 is a decent amount of points i said yeah, that he might end about? up
0: every single i said he might end up as a as a as an rb2 and you guys are saying he never finished outside the top 30 yeah you said an rb3 no, nah, I didn't. I said just outside RB2. No, Aaron
1: Jones is gonna fucking feast. All right, all right? or, or that could happen. The PFF, happen. the 49ers are the second worst defense so far in allowing explosive run plays, and mm. Aaron Jones is an explosive motherfucker. That is true.
0: He definitely is explosive. Um, yeah, I mean, play him with confidence. He's like, I have him ranked as like my sixth running back. You guys are acting like I'm, I'm talking shit about him just because I'm telling you that sometimes he sucks. Um, Devontae Adams too against a very, a very weak secondary with the 49ers is someone you have to love.
1: Yeah, of course. Yes. Um, you start Devontae Adams every week, too. This could very well be the week Mr. Ariard's MVS has a big game, and then everyones they're all going to take victory laps about it. Um, we all know MVS does this. Two or three times a year, he's going to put up 100 yards and a touchdown or two. You just have to throw just darts at a wall and hope you end up hitting it because you could get a one-catch or zero-catch performance like we had last week, or you could get a big game from MVS. So if you want to spin the wheel and hope on MVS in your flex this week, go for it. Um, I'd rather just stay away from a guy like that. Maybe in a DFS, he makes more sense. But in a season-long league, maybe you're decimated with injuries and you have to start him. Again, San Francisco is a good spot for him to have a big game, but against Detroit was a good spot for him to have a big game too. So MVS is just a complete wild card each and every week. And Robert
0: Tom, Tom uh, Robert Tunyon. Um, he finally, he showed up. People were really worried about him after week one, but you got to throw that week one performance out. I think it's clear that he's the number three option on this team. It's, it's Devonte Adams, it's Aaron Jones, and then it's Robert Tunyon. Uh, they ran, they, they drew up a lot of plays for him he scored a touchdown i believe i'm i'm still riding with him in this game i think that he's a great play weekly because of his role in a great offense
1: yeah he was the tight end five last week 3 for 52 and a touchdown and you take that there you go all day you take that all day, all day you're going to get up to that in new girl too.
0: unless you have unless you have of course unless you have tj Hawkinson.
1: I could do this all day is from Schmidt and New Girl. So you will catch up to that at some point. I started watching New Girl. <laughs> I did. I did. I gave in. And I'm happy I did. It's very funny. Yeah. But um, yeah, the one thing with Tunyon that scares me is he played uh only forty three percent of snaps in week two. But if you're gonna be getting uh targets from Aaron Rodgers, that's okay. Um I would like to see that increase though. But yeah, he showed why he was being drafted as a tight end one this season in his week two performance by going for three fifty two and a touchdown and getting that red zone look. So um yeah against San Fran, he could score a touchdown again. Sunday night game prime time. Could be a high scoring affair. Um uh about of two great teams in the NFC between San Francisco and Green Bay. So yeah, I'm gonna play Robert Tony if I have him because more than likely you do not have it. Like People I saw all over the place, because Cole Komet was the hot ad, and I've been a big Cole Komet guy this offseason. All over the place, people were telling people to start Cole Komet over Robert Tunney, and I was like, no, like that's just so stupid. And of course, that didn't work out. If you have Robert Tunney, you're going to play him because he has Aaron Rodgers thrown to him, and he gets involved, especially near the red zone.
0: Let's go to the 49ers side, because this side is complicated. Um, they signed even more running backs. Uh, it's just a running back frenzy um, in San Francisco. The most dangerous job in America, 49ers running back. Right now, Jamich- Jamichael Hasty is not going to play. Sideline for Thursday practice. He's he's not going to play. He has a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss a few weeks. Um, Trey Sermon could play. Could be the only healthy one. Elijah Mitchell is also dealing with an injury. Jeff Wilson is still on the IR. They signed a guy named Jock Patrick, who was a XFL superstar, and he was on the Bengals practice squad. Um, Am I forgetting someone? Elijah Mitchell is hurt right now. Jeff Wilson. uh, I, I, I just can't keep track of all these running backs. There could be a chance, though, that Trey Sermon is a starting running back. Basically, this is what it is. Whichever San Francisco running back is starting, start him against one of the worst rush defenses in the league in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And it's as simple as that. I don't care if it's a guy who has
1: never played before. I uh, I honestly think at this point it's going to be Trey Sermon. All the signs are pointing to Trey Sermon. Because, um, like, not to downplay concussions, but a concussion is an injury that you could come back from in a week if you pass tests. And it seems like Trey Sermon's going to pass those tests, whereas the other running backs are dealing with physical injuries that will not be healed by Sunday. So, it's it's, honestly, I'm interested in seeing how the world reacts to this because after Elijah Mitchell got all the hype and Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch, and deservedly deservedly so, by the way. Elijah Mitchell played 61% of the snaps and 19 rushes last week. Like, if you spend your fab on him, that's what you want. Like, you should spend fab on someone who's going to get 19 touches on the 49ers. But if this is the Trace Sermon show this week, it'll be in a primetime matchup it'll be fun to see how people react to that.
0: It'll be interesting. I remember a few years ago everyone dropped mad <coughs> Fab on Ty Johnson and then he ended up being good for one week and then that was kind of it. I hope Elijah Mitchell is not that is not that case um, but there's a full possibility there there is. If you were listening to the did you guys mention you guys mentioned Jeff Wilson on the waiver show, right? Yep. Yeah, so if you're listening to the Waiver Show, maybe Jeff Wilson is on your on your team, on your IR spot, and when he comes back, maybe he's the guy who has earned the most like leeway in, with Shanahan.
1: You know, Tim, I'm glad you bring up the Waiver Show cuz I was about to cut you off to say about the Waiver Show. Um the Houston Carolina game just ended, and we basically told the page, we did a Thursday night football preview. Those are now on the Patreon pod. Uh we basically said not to play Robbie Anderson if you don't have to, and Robbie Anderson went one catch for eight yards. So,
0: uh, anyone else you know had Sam Donald ranked in the uh, in the top thirteen besides your boy? I don't think so. Sam, shut up. Um, let's continue on with this team. So, I, I mean, I'm playing the running back. You said it's a good play. Let's talk about the, the outside guys. Debo Samuel has been a target monster in the early going. Brandon Ayuk, again, was not involved last week. And George Kittle has been surprisingly not involved. He's been two not only bad games, but horrendous games. So the question is, are are you nervous about George Kittle, number one? Number two, is this what to expect from Brandon Ayuk for the rest of the season? And if he has another game where he only gets one target, is he a droppable candidate? And number three, does Debo continue to dominate the snaps and... The the work, the way he has. What say you, Jason?
1: It's just been a really weird season so far for the Niners. Like, they're 2-0. and So they don't give a shit about fantasy or what we think. They're 2-0. and They're two wins. But they've been rotating running backs. They... Brandon Brandonuk was on the field more than Trent Shurfield last week. He played more. Still was barely involved. George Kittle's barely involved. Like, this offense right now is run the ball and throw to Debo Samuel. It's fucking weird. I expect some normalization to occur. So, I'm not giving up on IU, even if he sees one target this upcoming week. Like, I... Debo's had his injury woes. I also don't think he's going to see 12 targets a game all year. And, I mean, like, I, w- I wasn't drafting George Kittle at ADP. And... I hope he's more involved going forward because he should be. I I, I don't know what to think about it. Like, man, Shanahan's doing some weird shit right now. Like, the offensive list kid, whatever you want to call him, like, it's just dumb. It's dumb to not use Ayuk and Kittle. They're two very talented players. We're about to have a uh, George Kittle coming out party this week. And people are going to stop worrying because he had a rough two games to start the season. He was on the field 100% of snaps in week two 95 week one 100 week two he loves to play against the packers he's had some big games against the packers prime time game george kittle thrives in pressure situations george kittle's about to have a george kittle game this sunday night and people are going to be like ah yes this is george kittle
0: ah yes the george the george is oh uh you mean um you're talking about george kittle are we talking about Kite Surfer Kittle? Nah, damn nah, that was sucked. Um, killer Kittle. Trying to, killer Kittle.
1: I don't understand what's happening. TJ Hawkins. You have to play Debo as well, just throwing that out there. Debo has been a wide receiver of one through the first two weeks of the season, so you're definitely firing up Debo. Even Jair Alexander, um, if he's lined up against Debo most of the time, the they dial up screenplays and such for Debo to get involved as well, so you got to play
0: him. Just just so you know, Jason, uh Sam Darnold was actually starting against you in the Brodo Riders League. Um and uh he scored 23.26 points on you, so uh enjoy that. Uh hold that from my QB2. Hold that. Um with that being said, uh let's let's go to Monday the night football, last game baby. Monday Night Football and you know, the most intriguing thing I think all week has been this Tony Pollard debacle, right? He leads the league, Tony Pollard, in yards per touch by over a yard per touch. So he's been explosive on the next level. Here's the problem for me when it comes to Tony Pollard because I think people who are saying Tony Pollard is going to eat into Zeke's work to the point where Zeke's not going to be playable, and I'm I'd rather play Pollard over Zeke. Zeke's the, I mean, Pollard's a better player. I think you're bugging. Um, Pollard. most than people, Zeke. oh my God, get out of here. Most people would say that uh, Tony Pollard, because he's averaging eight yards per touch over a yard better than anyone else in the league, then that's a good thing. I argue that that's a bad thing because right now Zeke last game had 71% of the snap count to Pollard's 34%. So Pollard is only on the field. Once every third drive. um, Which has always been the case for Tony Pollard. For years and years and years, he's been on the field once every third drive. Just how the Cowboys do it. And he needs to make big plays to be relevant. You're counting on home runs. He needs to have eight yards a touch in order to be a relevant player. So, I'm not excited to start Tony Pollard in my flex. I'm not even close to considering starting Tony Pollard over Zeke. And... I have the opportunity to do both of those things. I have Tony Pollard and Zeke in my most important league, my home league, my, my, the main league that we play in, the money league. With Honestly, we play with mad people. We play in, in professional tournaments. Still, to this day, the thinnest waiver wire there is and the most competition is in that league that I've ever played in. And I have the opportunity, and I'm not going to play him. I'm playing, I'm playing Rondell Moore instead in the flex this week.
1: Well yeah, I, I mean, mean look, I you're don't we're talking understand. like we're I just I don't understand. I'm not talking
0: necessarily to you. I'm talking to the people out there who are wondering if Tony Pollard has become the Austin Eckler to Zeke's Melvin Gordon. That's
1: what I'm that's what I'm I talking. I just don't to. understand your obsession with Zeke. Look over the past 3 seasons and all advanced stats say and regular stats basically besides volume-based stats say that Tony Pollard is better. Tony Pollard has the five longest rushes over the last two seasons in that backfield, on way less touches than Zeke. Man, like, I don't know what your obsession is with Zeke. I don't know if it's because you fucking drafted him in our home league, but Tony Pollard is a better player. Period. I don't no, care what anyone before says. Before
0: I drafted him,
1: I still, I still thought, and no, he's a
0: better player than Tony Pollard. You he's are not, not taking, you are not taking into consideration the fact that Tony Pollard gets this success because of Zeke. Like, Tony Pollard's, Tony Pollard's one touchdown last week, Zeke was in the game, and it was a trick play where Tony Pollard got like a sort of a Statue of Liberty type play that the entire defense collapsed on Zeke and Tony Pollard walked into the end zone. Like, that's what the play was where he scored a touchdown. So, don't tell me all of a sudden that this guy's better than Zeke. The reason why he I has the success said he has... it
1: during the offseason, too.
0: Well, you're wrong now and you were wrong then. I'm not, though. You are, though.
1: Nope.
0: (laughs) There's nothing you could do to say that he's not because all the evidence points— I mean, literally,
1: Tim, go ahead after this podcast. Try to find me one stat where Zeke is greater than Tony Pollard. Find one stat that isn't volume-based. Any single stat that isn't volume-based— any efficiency stat, it's as or if you didn't stat, even hear me. It's Tony Pollard. It's as if you so didn't even hear me. That. With all I've of I've already said, I've already rebutted that argument. With
0: he's getting that type of production because of oh Zeke.
1: yeah, every single snap is Zeke's on the field and it's a trick play. That's the stupidest thing I ever. I heard. didn't say
0: that, but obviously when you are geared up for the run against Zeke, you can't be geared up for the run all the time because you also have C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper out on the outsides. Michael Gallup. You
1: have Blake Jarwin. Tony Pollard faces the same situations as Zeke and is better at them. No, he doesn't. What were you going to say, Jay? I was going to say this is a dumbass conversation because our topic is week three, and you shouldn't be starting Tony Pollard, whether you believe he's more talented than Zeke or not. Facts. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a... I know people want to put him in the flex because he had a huge week two, but look at his week one. Uh, uh, like, I like him better than Zeke, but... Zeke is still the main guy there. They're going to keep giving him a bunch of touches. Give it a little time before we decide to put Pollard in the flex to see if the uh the increased role continues. I agree.
0: Amari Cooper has bruised ribs, so that's going to be hard for a wide receiver to come back from. C.D. Lamb, J- Michael, you mentioned earlier in the show that he has the most what was it? The most red zone opportunities without a touchdown. Um,
1: uh, Jason, Jason did like three red zone targets and no touchdowns.
0: But he leads the league in targets.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: That is uh hardcore. That is ace type shit. That is number one receiver type shit. Um CeeDee Lamb has been great. He'll continue to be great against a weak Eagle secondary. Uh that's yeah. what I have to say.
1: Yeah. Um uh, I'm but, starting Lamb. i obviously what, you start Lamb, right? Like the uh What if MRI
0: Cooper's out? Are you considering anyone from the Cowboys? Like who gets the bump?
1: See, that's the thing. Like, Cedric Wilson will likely play more, so Cedric Wilson becomes. But I think he's more still like a desperation flex play. Like, he's not Amari Cooper, right? Like, he could maybe try to fill in on some of the routes, but he's not Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is a very good receiver. So I think they'll go maybe to more two tight end sets. Like, last week, Dalton Schultz played 73% of snaps. Blake Jarvin played 47%. Maybe those two will see the field more. Maybe Tony Pollard does see the field more. Um, as well as a result. I would like Tony Pollard a little more as a flex play this week if Coop is out. But if Coop is in, you're it's going to be really, really hard to sit him. The problem is he plays Monday night. So if you don't have a contingency, uh, maybe go add Cedric Wilson now. That's what I was going to say. Or, like, I don't know. It's You're going to have to make some decisions Sunday if it's not clear if Amari Cooper is going to play or not, unfortunately, since they play on Monday night. It sucks
0: because Amari Cooper is one of those guys where it's like, oh, man, I, I, I should just hold out. Pick up pick up Wilson yeah. and just hold out. And you might get burned, but that's what I would do.
1: Or go pick up Cedric Wilson and then trade him to the Amari Cooper manager.
0: Yeah, that could also be a great idea. Um, let's go over to the other side, the Eagles. The Cowboys' defense has been much better this year, and I a lot of the credit goes to Dan Quinn. Micah Parsons also filled in. Remember when we were talking in the preview show? We were like, "Oh man, the, the loss of Dexter Lawrence is gonna be really hit. It's gonna people they're gonna feel it." Dude, Micah Parsons came through and rushed the quarterback magnificently last week. Um, he's been a big addition, and Dan Quinn's defense has just been good. So. It's not the juicy matchup that playing the Cowboys once was. So what is your outlook on Jalen Hurts? Because if a quarterback could have that bad of a passing game as he did last week and still have 22 points, it's hard for me
1: to ever not play him, period. Jalen Hurts has never had a game where he's either rushed for less than 62 yards or not scored a touchdown. So every game he's ever started as a quarterback, repeat that he's again. either rushed, he's either rushed for at least sixty-two yards, or at least scored a touchdown. <sighs> so he's never started a game and had less than six points come from his legs. Uh, yeah, yowza. Yeah, it's it's just a buffer. He starts with plus six, and a lot of times
0: like it's plus twelve, because he does both at the same time. Sixty yeah, yards what I'm and a touchdown. The
1: only game in his. The only game in his life where he's had less than sixty two rushing yards was week seventeen last year when he had thirty-four, but he also had two touchdowns. So Um He's 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 gonna be money no matter what.
0: What about his weapons? Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager is someone who has been playing very well. Uh should have had a a touchdown last week and he got taken back. Devontae Smith he looks like the real deal. Like, I know he's skinny. I get it. He's undersized. But this guy's route running is absolutely next level.
1: Yeah, he did slack in week two, though, overall. Yes, he did. Uh, but how, so how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, the, I like Jalen Hurts a lot um, as a fantasy quarterback, especially when Jason started hyping him up a lot, um, which is all fine and dandy. But I was still not sold on the pass-catching weapons, right? Because Jalen Hurts, is he good a good enough passer, or is he going to buoy the team with his legs? And last week, we saw some of that where none of these guys were really trustworthy assets fantasy-wise, and that's how it's going to be. We're going to have some disappointments, some stinkers, but against the Cowboys, I'm actu- I'm absolutely going back to the well with Devontae Smith. Um, I prefer more as a flex play than I do a wide receiver three, but... I'm perfectly fine throwing him in there. And then Jalen Rager is more of a flex play as well. I definitely have more reservations about playing Jalen Rager, um, who, like you said, missed a touchdown um, just barely in that last game. Um, But he's still getting involved. But then you get a game against San Francisco, which is not a bad secondary matchup for him. And he goes two catches, five yards. And Jalen Rager, like Jason has said several times, Worst ever in Matt Harmon's reception perception against, um, uh, in 2020 in what was it, J Against man defense, I think, but it's man just defense, yeah. So Jalen Rager is it's not like he's a refound, refined route runner, excuse me. So Devontae Smith, and that's about it. And then if Zach Ertz doesn't play, um, because there's a chance he does miss the game. Since he is on the uh the COVID list now, um, then Dallas Goddard the snapshare will likely increase. The targets will likely increase, and I'll uh I'll be a little more interested in him there.
0: Yeah, I mean Dallas. If Dallas Goddard is by himself, then you're playing Dallas Goddard uh, with confidence. I think. Right. Uh, like, never really. Absolutely it, not. I want nothing really to with do with Dallas Goddard. Interesting. I mean, he played. He scored Goddard, last week.
1: Yeah, he also ran around on less than half the Eagles' plays. He's basically been an unreliable tight end ever since Jalen Hurts took over. That's very true. He's um, just—he's not a tight end one with Jalen Hurts. He's what? just a name. People have been wanting Dallas Goddard to be someone for four years now. So in week three of twenty twenty one, he's being put into starting lineups for no reason. Damn, Jason, I mean, like, your your tone is really like upsetting
0: me. Are you okay, man? I'm just tired of dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's that's a feeling I can I can relate with, um, like air yards. <laughs> uh, last guy on the agenda: Miles Sanders, Kenneth
1: Gainwell. How you playing these guys this week? You are playing them, brother? Well, you're playing Sanders. Gainwell, I, I honestly, play. I I don't hate Gainwell as like a 14-team league flex play as like a dart throw.
0: Would you rather play Gainwell in this game or <laughs> quarter all Patterson against the Bucks? Patterson.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, Patterson. Okay, just so that's where we're at. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate him as a dart throw. He's been involved. He's a clear number two back. Um, like people made arguments that Boston Scott had standalone flex value when he was doing this, and now Gainwell just has that role, so he could always find the end zone. Miles Sanders, you're throwing out there as well, because I mean Dallas isn't a daunting matchup. You wanna you wanna see him perform better than he did last week for sure, but I don't think you're doing anything that like you don't need to take drastic measures. Sometimes you just don't need to overthink things. You're starting Miles Sanders against the Cowboys. Facts. Um
0: that's it. We're done. All the games in the books. You've been previewed. Uh for everything that you did not hear, or if you have other questions, you could reach us in a multitude of ways. The first way is by Instagram. I mean, uh, uh, Twitter. Jason, where could they find you?
1: At BrotoFF, Jason.
0: Mike?
1: At BrotoFF, Mike.
0: Find me at BrotoFF, Tim. Casanova, at BrotoFF, Casanova. See what we did there. At BrotoFantasy for all of us. The second way to communicate with us, and this is the one where you're going to definitely get a response and definitely be um, going back and forth with us, is becoming part of the Broto family over at patreon.com slash Brodo uh, Fantasy, where you can, for as little as $3 a month, become uh, a member of the community of the Brodo fam and uh, be part of the family with the bros. Um, And then finally, the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. I keep wanting to call it the Brodo app. Uh, but it's the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. very the Broto app for short. Very, very important distinction, though, because we are about fantasy football on this side uh, more than we are branding our own name. Remember that. Um, and it's everything you need to win in fantasy football. So check it out. It's available everywhere, and it's free. With that being said, we've been podcasting for three hours, and I am sleepy. It's 1151 on the East Coast, and I have to wake up at 545 in the morning. We do it for the love. Later, peoples.
1: Later. Later.